0: You're listening to What the Business, the business podcast where I interview independent business owners about success, failure, and all the moments in between. My name is Josie Barrick, and I'm your host. Hello, hello, y'all. How you doing? I'm glad you're here. Listening to this beautiful episode I did with Ashley Bowden, um, we talked about a lot of different things. We covered Instagram, Instagram marketing, finding your why and your who and how to sell to them. We also just talked a lot about self-love and self-discovery and how to embrace your flaws for what they are before you really can start to dig into being a successful business owner, we talked about why that's important. Um, Ashley is a dear friend. She is so incredible. She is a personal coach. She works specifically with women who have self self sabotaging habits. Um, she also started the Imperfect Boss movement, which you've probably seen on Instagram. They also have done a couple camps. So we talked a little bit about her journey and all those good amazing details. I will be sure to put all her links in the show description, but for a quick tip, if you want to follow her on Instagram, it's Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y dot Bowden, B-E-A-U-D-I-N. Yeah, go there, check it out. Check out The Imperfect Boss if you haven't heard of it, and enjoy this episode. All right, so first things first, just talk a little bit about who you are, your journey, um, what you do now and how you got to this point. Focus on what you think is important.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I am a coach and I work specifically with women who are self-sabotaging, and I help them move from self-sabotage to self-support. I um, have had a really long journey in entrepreneurship. I've been doing like I've done literally a million different things <laughs> to try and make it work um and but I first started my business in December 2014 and so it's been a solid six years and I have done everything from like leading communities to being a freelance copywriter to coaching um and I think one of the biggest things like that I've learned just through that is that like, one, it's totally okay to evolve, but two, that sometimes it takes a long time to figure out what your sweet spot is, and it, I, I feel like it can be so frustrating when you're like, am I ever going to get this, like, am I ever going to get this right? Do I ever know what I'm going to do? Um, but from someone who, where I finally feel like I found it, um, I just want you to, anyone listening, want you to know that it'll happen. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it does take longer than
0: people think sometimes for sure. So what was kind of a pivotal moment for you? The transition point, I know we've talked before about how kind of copywriting or like writing started kind of this journey, but then what was the pivotal point where you really got into coaching um, from there?
1: Yeah, it actually took me quite a long time to, to sort of transition from copywriting to coaching. Um See, when I started my business, I I started it because I had a heart for people, had a heart for like community, but that that can be something that can be incredibly difficult to monetize, um, depending on the community, and so that's how I got into copywriting because I was like, I got paid bill, so let's (laughs) Um, But I really didn't love it. Like I, it was for me, it was like. It was, like, the full-time job of my business in terms of, like, I didn't love it, but I had to pay the bills. Um, and it just, like, sort of dragged me dry. So I I knew I had to switch, and I did, what I never recommend people to do, which is I was just, like, I'm shutting it all down. Um, and really had been just, like, began really figuring it out. At that point, I had created The Imperfect Boss, which was is my most recent community that I have created and led. Um, and that really helped me jump um, out of copywriting, and I got way more involved in, like, running, it, like, things like running events, working with brands, and um, creating digital programs. Um, but all of that was just, I still wasn't super into the coaching, but it was all, like, kind of rooted in this feeling and insecurity of, if I have to coach people, like, one, then I find out I'm not that good, or two, <laughs> two like, they're going to get close to me, and that felt vulnerable to me to like sit down with people face to face for an hour. Um, and it can kind of open up like a lot of insecurities, like what if they don't like mm-hmm. me? What if I'm not uh, good enough, etc. Um, and it actually wasn't until earlier this year that I finally was able to really make the transition to coaching and how I did it was I ran, um, for January, like, I think I did 29 free coaching calls. Um, and It gave me so much confidence. Yeah, um, it really helped me realize like who exactly I want to reach and how exactly I think I can help people, um, and the problem I can truly solve. And so that's sort of how it looked like for me. But literally, that took that literally took like seven years. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Um, so you kind of went through the Imperfect Boss, which was all digital. Do you want to just explain what that whole movement is?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Imperfect Boss was created out of a moment where I was scrolling social media and I just felt very overwhelmed by the the level of perfection. Um, Like everything was so curated. Everything seemed to be going so well for people. And I was having a different experience as an entrepreneur. I was struggling and... with myself I was struggling in business I was struggling to make money and I just thought like this can't like be the full story and so and if and it made me realize like if I feel alone there's got to be other people who feel like they're the only one too so I started a hashtag campaign at that time um called the imperfect boss and it was just that people shared confessions about what makes them imperfect um and it sort of really took off um I think in this span of two years the audience went from like zero to twenty thousand and um, then I also took it offline so I bring in two camps um, like four day camps when people came and we had like an immersive experience um, and so yeah it definitely became the real like focus and flow of my business for a good a solid couple of years.
0: Yeah so have you kind of transitioned out of that now just to focus on coaching? Yeah, so right now I'm really
1: focused on my personal brand. The thing about, which I feel like this needs to be talked about more, but when you run events, like, uh, you're not really making very much money normally. Mm -hmm. Um, And what ended up happening for me was that I was spending so much money and time and resources on events, but not actually turning much of a profit. And so then I was struggling personally. And so I made a decision for myself of, like, I need to build more foundation in my business so that I can be more supported to create these massive events. Awesome. Yeah. I love that.
0: So when you did your, sorry, how many free coaching calls did you do? 29? 29. Yeah. That's awesome. When you came up with that idea, what was that like and would you recommend it for other people who?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd really recommend it for someone, for two different types of people, either someone who doesn't, feel confident um, and who maybe even just wants to practice their skills and yeah. two for someone who's like I really don't know who my ideal client is and I don't know what they're struggling with because what I found is that when I got on the calls one I realized who I loved working with and who I didn't love working with but two <laughs> also the common themes like yeah. there were like a lot of common themes that popped up in the people that I loved working with so for me it was like a lot of um, like fear of being seen or like hiding or not being kind to themselves or not knowing how to take care of themselves. Um, And I thought this is a problem I can solve. And so it gave, just gave a lot of clarity and confidence. So if you like struggle with either of those two things, I would definitely recommend it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So then taking those calls and what you learned, how did you then apply that to your marketing? To yeah. actual get pay- paid clients that
1: wanted to hire you for those reasons. So some of it was I tried to I tried to convert um, from the free calls. I did not end up converting that many, but I did convert to um, That's and, a good start. <laughs> yeah, I mean to go for nothing. Um, and I'm still working with those people actually. Um, and so that's the first step I did. But then in my outward marketing, I took the information that I received through those calls whether it was like um what they were struggling with what I could help them with but I also really realized in the coaching calls for the ones I did that like what my skill set was what my specific skill set was so for me I realized that I'm really good at like seeing under the surface and seeing what the root problem is or the root and um, like belief or whatever um so I was like I can form and shape coaching like based on that and so it wasn't actually really until after that that I did my um a lot of my programs and it really helped me with social media content um because I mean if you know how people are struggling then you can or what they're wanting in life you can form content so much easier out of that yeah yeah you can speak
0: directly to to who they are Mm -hmm. and what they need um that's awesome so then I guess taking that into your marketing what's been your best source of marketing like what's converted the most since doing that
1: um like definitely instagram is where i convert the most um i'm really into selling in the dms um versus selling in more of a traditional sense where you like brand sales page and sending email sequence yeah um so for example like i had just, la- I just launched a workshop called Heal Your Self-Sabotage, um, and almost all the spots I sold through Instagram and Instagram DMs, um, and for me, it was, like, not a huge, I didn't, I didn't necessarily enroll, like, hundreds of people, um, but it was definitely record-setting and for um, pretty.
0: That's awesome. What do you think worked on Instagram to get those
1: people in? yes yeah. well Instagram is okay one Instagram is where I'm the most visible two Instagram yeah. is where I have the most followers <laughs> three um Instagram is unique in that I think it really helps really gives you a space to build relationships with people um so even like a lot of the people who signed up for my workshop are people that I have been building relationships with um on Instagram for like a really long time or who have been involved in who have like come to camp or who have been involved in other programs and to me that's truly what selling is is like the building of relationships yeah Mm -hmm.
0: that's awesome uh any instagram tips for (laughs) some newbies in your field
1: (laughs) yeah um well one I think like getting I think one of the biggest mistakes I made in business in general like for a lot of years (laughs) was um you know they always say like niche down niche down yeah. And um, I really always like rolled my eyes with that advice because I was like, I don't like like basically like, I do like that advice, so I'm rejecting it. But I have found <laughs> that since I've done that advice of niching down and like getting like laser focused on even the topic of self-sabotage, that um it has really impacted my business. And if I could give advice sooner, I would be to say like definitely do that as soon as you can um I think sometimes like a mindset of scarcity comes in where we think if I niche down then I'm like not gonna have less but often if you niche down you'll have more um and and so I apply that even to Instagram like becoming really like niche down with your content and the person you want to reach and the services that you do and also not um like not changing your mind like every 10 seconds or like doing um, a million different things um but being just like really committed to the mission really committed to the person and really committed to your offerings. yeah that's awesome I love that so
0: alongside um kind of making mistakes in the beginning what are some other hiccups or errors that you've you had along your seven-year journey to get to this point that you learned from that you found that you can now look back on and say wow that was a great lesson even if in the moment you didn't think so
1: (laughs) yeah well a big issue for me at the beginning and even up to just a couple years ago was that I there was a lot of personal a lot of like personal pain mixed in with my business and so a lot of it was like I was just desperately trying to heal myself and and I thought that maybe I could do it if I helped others or that yeah. it, I ran a business. But the problem with that um, is that then you, your pain gets, like, mixed up with a lot of things. And, just, um, you know, you might attract people who are also in a lot of pain. Um, and you might not actually be equipped to help them. Or if someone does something to you, like, disagrees with you or writes something mean or whatever, it's like a fatal blow because your wound is... Like, whatever pain you got going on here is, like, already at the surface. Yeah. And I would say that that was a very uh, difficult lesson for me to learn. And, um and I do think that if you're someone um, who is having those, like, insane reactions, like, I don't know, like, something fails and you're, like, lying on the floor crying, um, like, that there might be, like, like, some deeper things going on and to really look at them. And get support and deal with those things, because um, it'll help you be resilient and and get to where you want to go a lot faster, um, without like hurting your hurting your own heart. Um, yeah. <laughs> so definitely that one. Um, definitely also, I have been more of. a – If anyone's listening and is like into the Enneagram. I am. And you're in four. I just took the test today, actually, literally, like, just this morning. Yeah. What did you get?
0: Uh, I was split between seven and three equally, um, but most definitely leaned more three.
1: Yeah, I could see that. <laughs>
0: yeah, which has surprised me, actually. For some reason, I felt surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> you're a good letter. Yeah, I think I am.
1: I think. <laughs> yeah. no, I think so. And. Um, yeah, I'm a four, so we're very emotional and very mm-hmm. into like things like authenticity, but um, we also like hate doing things like everyone else. And so that's been a big thing that's played into my business. Of like, I reject <laughs> all strategy. I reject all like online courses and podcasts. I don't do that. Don't listen to those. I had a hard time like really leaning in and like listening to the advice and experience of other people, specifically in the area of my business. Um, and it was really like a point of resistance for me. Um, like I would hire coach, I would hire business coaches and then I find things wrong with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, You're fired. Um, yeah, but really for me, which I say a lot, like a form of self-sabotage is, uh, not receiving help and not asking for help. Be resistant to it. And that was definitely one for me. Um, so ask for help, be open for help, get hungry for help from the right people, um, it's easy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love
0: that advice. I just hired a business coach this year, and
1: it was like a weird
0: realization of, like, oh, if I'm hiring this person, does that mean I'm failing in my business? And then kind of going through a couple sessions and meetings and being like, no, no, I'm not failing. Actually, I just don't know what I need to do. And this is clarifying a lot of that for me. So I really like that advice um for those people listening who feel like they resonated with what you're talking about about having that point of resistance and like not wanting help what would you
1: enlighten them with <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, well first obviously not i mean acknowledging that that's going on for you and like you might because sometimes i feel like specifically with that we're not aware of it like we always think it's like not nah, us but he's like <laughs> it's always the other people like why aren't yes. there any good business coaches um <laughs> yes. your resistance so if you've noticed that pattern in your life um like sitting with awareness in that for like first of all um
0: but then real
1: then really sitting with yourself and asking like why like where is this resistance coming from or like what is the fear underneath the resistance um so, for example, for me, like, I had an experience with a coach early on in my business, 2015, that was incredibly damaging. Um, and so the level of vulnerability, it's like, um, well, I always say, like, we we self-sabotage to self-protect. And so for, for me, like, shutting down um, to help and not being open to help is a way to protect myself from being hurt like I was that first time. Um, and so under there's I like guarantee there's something underneath it it might be a fear might be a self-doubt might be um just like a feeling in and of yourself of not being enough and or like even like you mentioned like um feeling like you're not doing a good job mm-hmm. um, and to to look at that fear and start to heal that fear um is honestly the first step because if if you just, like, force your way through it and be like, I know I've got this going on in my life, but I'm just gonna, like, force myself to hire someone. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably going to mess it up. <laughs> you're going to quit or you're not going to, like, take it seriously or you're mm-hmm. not going to up to everything. So I'm definitely the fan of, like, figure out what's going on underneath. Let's restore it, heal it, whatever, and, and then hire the coach.
0: Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, do you personally outsource anything right now in your business? Maybe, maybe a coach, maybe totally, totally not a coach could be like a program. Is there anything you really strongly enjoy outsourcing?
1: (laughs) Well, I actually just hired a VA like yesterday. Okay. Um, for a project that I'm working on. So that's brand new. Uh, but I have worked with a designer, like pretty much since the beginning. I insanely value design, design aesthetics. Um, And so that's been, like, a high core value for me. Like, I feel like I would go, um, I would eat rice all week but still hire a designer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She has been amazing um, for my business. And I honestly feel like so many businesses could use hiring a designer. Um, It can really make a difference. Even, I was thinking about it because the speaking engagement I did this week, one of the reasons she hired me was because of my brand design and how good it was. Okay. Uh, and I, I know that I, I know that if I go, if I'm thinking of hiring someone like a coach, let's say I'm going to hire a coach. I go on two different websites. One has a good design and one has horrible design. I will always pick the one with the better design. Yeah. Um, to me, it just like says so much more. Um, and so that, and then um, I have a coach but it's more on the side of recovery, but it t- it touches into my, into my business a little bit, because obviously nothing is ever completely segregated. Yeah, for sure, yeah,
0: yeah, things overlap, for sure, especially, like, personal emotions, and life, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, now, this is, a good question. I feel like for us stuck at home right now, how are you managing with your time? Like, I don't know if, I think you work from home, right? Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you manage? Do you have any tips for people who work from home or work in an office that they feel kind of like not motivated in? I think I've heard a lot of people say how distracted they feel right now yeah. in the light of self-isolation, but also I think as a business owner that works from home, I think we feel like this often. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so what are your strategies for that? Yeah, time management, I think, can be really hard. Um, I would say, for me, the thing that's really made the most difference for me, which this is not, like, not a tip, like, on productivity and to-do list, but for me, like, really having a solid morning routine Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, that makes me feel, like, connected to myself, taken care of, and supported. I found that in the past one of the reasons I would get so distracted and and not get much done is because I would start my day almost like out of a place of lack of like, there's not enough time, like there's not enough money or whatever. And so then you're just like, it's almost like this anxious energy of like, you're just like fighting to um, like, I need, I'm just getting what I need. I need to find what I need. And so I found that by like implementing a morning routine that I was able to instead approach my days out of a place of, overflow of like I already got what I like I already got what I need and so now I can be focused and all that stuff and I think that we will get we get so much more done when we are at a state of like feeling supported versus a state of anxiety of yeah like almost like that nervous type mm-hmm. of
0: that. yeah that's great I love that Yeah. I've heard that meditating in the morning can be really, really helpful to your ability to focus at work. Never tried it, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, what is one thing that you feel like has really leveled up your business? It's taken you kind of from
1: ground zero to a hundred. I would honestly say that it is getting clear on. Who I am, what, who I serve, and what problem I solve. Yeah, that's just, that's just the thing I think that has taken me to the next level. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you, do you, when you first were going through that process, did you
1: kind of write it out? Like, what was that, what did that process look like for you? No, for me, um, it just became like more of a clear knowing. And like I had mentioned before, um, I, I founded a lot of that through my calls um and stuff like that. But um yeah, I think that I mean obviously it can be done in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a long time I really felt like I don't solve pro- I don't have a problem I solved. <laughs> <laughs> I don't solve any problems. And <laughs> so then um everything was sort of shady <laughs> and unclear unclear. Um, And so specifically, I would even say more than another two, specifically when I realized like, this is the problem I can solve for people that, um, it just helped me get into alignment a lot more and started to like flow a lot easier. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: that's good. That's awesome.
0: Um, what are your goals moving forward now that you've kind of come into this coaching and you're kind of hoping that it can help you excel the imperfect boss movement, but you're really just owning in on this and focusing on this what are your goals moving forward yeah well my goal is
1: to so to continue to really create like a solid foundation um so a solid way of like generating leads and converting people um into programs or into one-on-one coaching um and to then begin to scale it so like and there's never any like confusion about like what and how am I making money <laughs> like this month but I I know because I've been building um, a foundation in multiple ways and then I mean once that is completed well even while that's being completed um and that COVID is over whatever or however it looks like right now um to do a lot more events so I could do a lot more in-person experiences um because I feel like that is really this one of the places where I really come alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know you did a few camps with the Imperfect Boss. Um, so are you hoping to do, like, one next year? Do you have, like, a goal, a hard date goal set for that? I mean, obviously, COVID kind of might have gotten in the way of some things, but... <laughs> um,
1: I I would really love to bring camp back, for example, but I probably wouldn't bring it back to at least 2021. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's fair. I think <laughs> I um, love the imperfect boss movement, by the way,
1: oh, avid
0: you. fan on Instagram. I see all your posts. <laughs> and I know for a minute that you had a podcast and it was related to the imperfect boss. And it was just talking about, I mean, so many different topics, every episode was different, but are you doing more of that? Or are you
1: kind of holding holding off on that for now yeah i'm holding off on the podcast for now and podcasts are a lot of work so yeah i think too it's like becoming like for me right now becoming laser focused on these are the things i want to do well and so for me like i'm re- in terms of media or like output i'm just really focusing on instagram
0: mm-hmm. do you have any um wise pieces of advice for newbies to the coaching industry people who want to become a coach uh kind of trying to work towards that any gems
1: one i would say at the end of the day to me coaching is truly the the art of seeing people hearing people and holding space for them um, versus fixing like fixing people or um or even being like here's your 27 point strategy um, and I think in the heart of every human is a desire to feel seen and feel heard and feel known um, in their entirety and to, to really be tiered on. And so, one, if you're thinking about coaching, knowing that it's like absolutely a needed gift and um, and two, like not to worry about getting not to worry even about like knowing everything about everything, but and um, realizing at the end of the day like if you have a heart and a gift to you, hold space for people and their stories and their hearts and um, then you'll be an amazing coach and then to find ways to support your confidence in coaching so whether you do something like how I did the pre calls or whether you take different certifications or trainings or just practice a lot um, find ways to infuse that confidence because you're going to be the best the most powerful coach if you come at it with the most confidence Mm -hmm. that's awesome
0: how did you when you first um started coaching how did you aside from the calls is there anything else you did to gain that experience because obviously the more experience just the better
1: you're going to be and the better service you're going to be
0: able to offer Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well I remember the first time I ever coached someone like a long time ago and I It was horrible, (laughs) like so off, like pretty awkward, and like I, I always felt like I don't know where to like lead people next. Like, are these questions leading? Like, am I leading someone somewhere? What's happening? And um, I just, I felt like I didn't know how to do it. But then, so I really had to put it to rest, and I actually found through my own story of, um, or my own journey of, like recovery and healing. That I had learned to, in a capacity, to coach myself. Um, and, you know, asking myself hard questions when I'm sitting with difficult things, and I'm figuring out how can we help this, or support you, or heal this. And so then it was kind of shocking for me because when I did the practice calls, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, um, like when did I get good at, like, when did I get good at this? Um, And that's, too, like, the other important piece of of coaching, I think, of, like, coach on something that you've, like, lived through, that you've walked through, um, that you've embodied in your own life, and places you've already gone yourself. Um, For example, like, I'm not going to coach someone on, like, finances um, if I'm, like, never looking at my bank account um, and knowing, like, what comes up when I do that. So I am... I think that would be the other thing. And so is that when you think about that and ask yourself that, maybe you're saying like, maybe right now, like you're not ready to coach, but you need to like dive deeper with yourself or into the thing that you really want to help other people
0: with. Mm-hmm. And did you find there were skill sets that you learned along the way before getting to coaching that helped with coaching? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So things like, um, like, well, even things like active listening, like, self-compassion, validating, it, like using validation and empathy and conversation, um, noticing or curiosity of like, just noticing like what's going on for someone or what's going on in me, et cetera. And um, also like it, like encouragement in terms of like, I mean, over the years, I've really developed this skill of being able to like look at someone and see something them and tell them about it and that has also really been a huge skill set that I use in coaching
0: yeah for Mm -hmm. sure yeah awesome uh I only have one question left Uh, um any kind of motivation you're so good at speaking about just like self-love and self-respect and all those things any kind of motivational just words of wisdom (laughs) you want to give us
1: (laughs) Hmm. I would probably say that Specifically, if someone's um, listening to this and they want to really, like, they have a heart to really help people, and um, one of the things that I talk about a lot is how we need to learn how to, like, truly see ourselves before we can ever truly learn to see others, and um, that plays into so many of the things that I've talked about, about, like, really, being able to give yourself, like, love, really being able to give yourself um, kindness or compassion or support, and then even, like, boundaries and accountability, because those are, I believe, in, like, really instrumental to self-support and self-love. Um, and that be like, thinking about, like, like, where my life is a way that, like, I can see myself clearer, that I can see myself more and how that can lend into confidence, even. Um, Because seeing yourself really is like, I think for me, it's like really recognizing that I'm like imperfect and I'm vulnerable, but I'm also really amazing and magical. And when I can see myself in both of those facets and so many others, um, then it lends me the confidence to know like I can show up and I can be exactly who I am. And if it doesn't go great, I'm supported by myself. And if it goes amazing, I'm celebrated by myself.
0: Yeah, awesome. I love that. That last little tidbit. Support yourself. If it doesn't go great, love yourself. Celebrate with yourself if it does. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I feel like you gave some great answers because we talked a little bit about, like, actual plans and strategies for instagram and how you apply those and use those and then also talked a little bit about like the heart of it all exactly yeah great thank you so much um that was awesome i'm really grateful that you wanted to do this
1: and um, yeah so people want to find out more they can find me on instagram and actually that that's like mainly where i'm hanging out right now and then on my website actually you can find the failures outside sabotage workshop and um, we've actually got i have a big um virtual summit happening in may
0: thanks for listening in remember to check us out on instagram at what the business podcast see you at the next episode